ninth hold and we are Americans. We are Americans. Elena was just controlling my screen from New York. <laughs> I am in Los Angeles. It was very freaky business. I almost thought you were going to say Las Vegas and I was just like, no. It was Las Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> it was no. Las Vegas. That's not true at all. <laughs> it's not. We did go to Las Vegas almost a year ago. Ah, uh, in four were days. Over this. <laughs> I know. We're approaching no. the one-year anniversary of our Las Vegas trip. My one and one only year. Las Vegas trip. Yeah, same. One year since best day of our lives. Oh, uh, some some sort of day of our lives, certainly. It was the best day of my life. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of Las Vegas as a whole? Dope, Dope and would return. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, it was fucking wild. It, it was scary to me. I was not scared. I was really loving the creatures. I was loving the energy. I was loving... The only thing about it I didn't love is how purposefully far away they put the hotel rooms and the casinos to the exit. Mm, right. That I could have done without. Like, hustling through a goddamn casino with my bag to leave the casino, that was <laughs> hell. God, that was hell. You're right. I forgot about that experience. It's just, like, heart rate through the roof trying to get out of the casino. And we had been up. It was, like, I don't like, midnight, maybe? And then we were up at, like, I don't, oh, my God. I just got, like, ugh horrible feeling about that <laughs> um anyway so uh this is ninth hold yeah. episode two and today's topic is what is verification yes but but before we jump into that i just want to say i just want to say i just got an email that is from new jersey transit <laughs> it says it says last chance to do the customer survey and my first thought was not now new jersey transit <laughs> not now we're in the middle of something <laughs> like as a community of american people not now new jersey transit yeah sorry chris christie we can't we can't handle that right now <laughs> he's like so what did you think of your ride on the train it's like well if i'm being honest with you i hated it is he still the governor i don't know i i don't i don't know what a guy yeah, what is the, that thing he did with the roads? He, something? like, shut down the bridge or something. Bridgegate. Bridgegate. Right. Oh, man. You know what? That's Let's right. not get stuck in the past of Las Vegas and Chris Christie. Let's focus on the now. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Forgive me for my digression. <laughs> we can't let Chris Christie take over this conversation. He wouldn't want to, so <laughs> this is good. He wouldn't. You're right. This is good for both of us, for all all of us. When did you take the New Jersey Transit? When I go to visit Ariella. Right. Oh, yeah. So do, how does that work? Do you take... I Well, I, like, take the... Um, I From Penn Station. It's in there. Mm -hmm. um, and, yes, it is, it is hell's asshole in yeah, there. Yeah, Penn Station is terrible. Satan's entire butthole but yeah but once i get to her neighborhood it is 
it's just a hop, skip, and a jump from the train station and walk to her apartment. Well, she doesn't even live there anymore, so, um, but it was really nice. I liked it. Uh, anyway, New Jersey Transit, yeah, not, not right now. <laughs> they're like as if as if i was itching to take this survey <laughs> like customer experience survey i um, usually try to take the surveys just because i know it's the right thing wow. to do and i want to give people that validation mm. um whenever they do a good job and i don't know i just feel like a responsibility to do that but maybe not always not for the new jersey transit <laughs> They don't need any feedback right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The last time I was on New Jersey Transit, you know what happened to me? What? We had to transfer four times to get back to New York City for for a 35-minute train ride. And then we were eating popcorn on the train, and then we had to walk <laughs> to a bus. And then there were two very, like, like, young New Jersey girls behind us on the train. They were, like, talking shit. And it was, like... It was just like a real mess. So yeah, they don't want my feedback. That doesn't um, surprise me. That that tracks. So I got a notification this morning that said it only took four weeks for the U.S. economy to wipe out nearly all of the jobs, uh, the job gains in the last 11 years. Oh, and right. n- normally I wouldn't read an article like that, like in normal times, like if an article like popped up about like the job economy, mm-hmm. just because I don't. I feel like I'm so far outside of having any knowledge on that. Like, because of, like, when that all happened, I wasn't tapped in. And so I feel I just never kept up. But now I feel like we're restarting. So yeah. I'm like, well, I should tap in now while it's happening so I know what's going on. Um, yeah. And that's that's what I read, that all of the jobs that were created, they're pretty much all gone. I mean, I don't know how how... I mean, it was from CNBC, so I imagine they know what they're talking about. But right. it's not like I researched deeper than that article to, like, validate the information. But it also said that the Labor Department reported that the number of Americans applying for state unemployment benefits totaled $5.245 million last week. And that is a total of $22.025 million in the last four weeks. Wow. And the to- and it says that number is just below the 22.442 million jobs added to payroll since November 2009 when the U.S. economy began to add jobs after the recession. Yikes. So. <laughs> That's pretty sobering, huh? Yeah, it's really horrifying um, to think about all the people who don't have a current job and that we're overflowing our unemployment by that much. Yeah, it's it's hard it's hard to even think about that because it, whenever you that's like such a macro view of it whenever you think about it in the micro sense and all the people who are struggling so much right now it's it's so devastating, so sad. Yeah, it would seemed like like a far off idea that people would start getting furloughed or laid off or just losing their jobs and then like I've had so many friends text me just out of, you know, the blue being like yeah i got laid off (laughs) or furloughed or whatever and i'm i'm not laughing it's not funny it's just i can't believe it it's like a shocking feeling it's worth discussing though because it does tie in to everything we're talking about and honestly you and i have been discussing this idea of having a podcast or a conversation 
little series or whatever you want to call it for a long time. But I think it took this phenomenon of coronavirus to, for us to realize, okay, we have all this time and this moment of reflection, let's, let's really do it. And I think everything is just so symbiotic around what is going on in in terms of of this pandemic and you 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 have to you have to pay attention to these things and reflect and and give it give it your brain power and really take it for what it is and and try and think critically about why did this happen how did we get here what what are the implications around who could have helped um prevent this from getting to this severe significant place and i think these numbers <laughs> we all know the answer to that one <laughs> we do and i think these numbers that you're bringing up just really shine a, a very bright light on that and that's really kind of what it boils back down to and it's it's hard to swallow but it's the reality and people people need to be confronted with real, the reality sometimes instead of just obviously we're all sitting at home in quarantine and kind of just going about our lives and our days how how we however we can whatever we can do to get through this kind of difficult and confusing and unpredictable time but there's so much happening outside of your own four walls that are impacting everyone around you in one way or another so yeah it's it's tough but yeah and i i find it really it's hard to think about because I, I find myself thinking like this didn't like just happen. You know, it didn't just come out of nowhere. We didn't just like wake up one day and suddenly for no reason we're all inside. Hundreds of thousands of people or half a million people. I don't even know the number now are like sick and dying. Right. Like, yeah, um, right. Like that didn't just happen out of nowhere and it's it, it's not something that we can all blame on one thing or one person or Definitely one action. Not. I think that there is a real kind of moral disengagement that happened around a lot of things before any of this happened, just with society in general. And I mean, that's a whole different topic. And I think a lot of people have been trying to address that and mobilize around that in different um sort of like presidential candidates and campaigns and and really rallying in that um lane which is great and good and i think everyone should ha have a, a strong stance on certain aspects of of that but i think i think it goes back to so far beyond beyond this beyond coronavirus to yeah. just what what got us to this place where, yeah, people are dying and losing their jobs and people are so apathetic towards the facet of it that applies externally to other people and are just are just yeah, focusing on preserving themselves true. in this moment and just kind of staying in their vacuum to, to preserve their sanity honestly which is very important and relevant and I, I I feel that for myself a lot of the times too like I just need to stay in my lane and focus on what's going to get me from one day to the next but there is something beyond that to 
explore and think about that I think we'll get into a little bit today as far as where where do you look to to get this sort of um, validation isn't the right word but just this sense of community and this sense of involvement and being embedded in something that serves a greater purpose beyond you um, but, but also like complements that sort of mental health space and your identity and helps you just reflect on the person you want to be and how you want to be contributing to society or people in your life and your family and friends and how how do you become again that kind of symbiotic force of harmony within an equation yeah a lot of people have become so about their image or what they're putting out into the world on like a superficial level that I think at like not all people just you know a very large amount of people asking them to stay in their house or asking them to think about people other than themselves their their gut reaction when you tell people like to social distance or not go out or wear a mask is well I'm young I'm healthy I'm I'll be fine when you know we've been repeatedly told you can be a symptomless carrier or even if you're not a symptomless carrier you have it and you're ill and you don't know it and then you get it and like yeah you get sick and you're okay but if you infect other people in by your actions it's that it, it does have a lot to do with what we're talking about today I guess that thing of like well how does it benefit me if I stay inside or how how would it harm me if I went outside it's like it's not about you <laughs> It's about right. everybody else, too. It's it's just a greater good. Doing things for the greater good of all people are it's like kind of getting lost on on a on a large community of people who are I would like young people. Yeah. I think to that point, I was reading an article recently that I thought was really intriguing in the Associated Press that was saying how rural Indiana is being hit really hard by the coronavirus or was being hit really hard at one point. I read this a week or so ago. But um, it was saying how there are three counties in Indiana that have among the highest per capita infection rates from COVID, comparable to Seattle and Detroit. And these are just rural towns in the middle of nowhere Indiana and it one of the things it was talking about in the article was how there were people going back home like young people going back mm. home that were possibly bringing it to those parts of town and truckers stopping through these parts of the state and I think wow. yeah people people are just not being entirely mindful of how how they do affect the the grand scheme of all of this it's that thing of like when people hang out with like they're like oh I'm going home to see my my family instead of staying in my major city where where I'm better off first of all and second of all away from people who are more likely to die from it and then they immediately interact with their family 
And it's just like, what yeah. makes you think they're immune just because they birthed you? <laughs> like, right. Well, I mean, what? I, <laughs> I think it is really interesting in the context of what we're going to talk about more today as far as what is verification and where do you get that sense of I am being validated and verified. And a lot of the times people seek that out because they want to be distracted from having to look inwards and get past get past the sort of cacophony or stress or just internal conflict they're feeling about something and you have to confront that sometimes and it's better for you if you do so i think i think there's a lot of that in this time we're going through with coronavirus where people don't want to have to really feel the feelings they're feeling around this and feel Mm. the terror and the strain and the yearning to be around people they care about and the sadness and just all I could I could go on on my laundry list of emotions but I think I think people are feeling this this really heightened sense of of just being scared right now and I think that is obviously so okay and valid in every way but I think it's also giving people an opportunity to just explore that more and we kind of talked about that last week too just this this time where everything's so quiet and slowed down and reflective how do you use that to your advantage in a way that makes you feel more in tune with yourself versus distracting yourself from it. And I think I think that doesn't just apply to what we're all going through right now in the time of coronavirus. I think it applies all the time, but I think we just are able to take a closer look at it right now and really think about why do people feel like they need to have that sort of response from others. And I think, I think again, going back to last week and talking about what is cool, I think it's human nature to be social and to want people to give you that check mark and say, you're okay, you are who you are, I see you and support you, but that can also take different twists and turns and it, plays out in different ways and we're just seeing it play out in a very unique way right now I think but it 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 applies all the time yeah I think what's interesting about the time we're in right now I, I want to move off of coronavirus because it's stressing me out but but to to piggyback off of that in like a, a, a really good way I think is uh what it's doing right now and the state of the world we're in right now, everybody is forced to be equalized in in our ability to interact with each other and our ability to create things and present ourselves. I mean, you you can't be somewhere that is exclusive at this point. There actually I'm really glad I just thought of this because I was reading an article about I honestly saw it on LinkedIn, which like why was I browsing? Hell LinkedIn? yeah, you're you're a career girl. I'm a why. career I'm a career girl. You're a career um, gal. <laughs> uh, also, I 
whenever I don't, I usually have badge notifications turned off on my phone, but for mm-hmm. some reason LinkedIn's are still on, and it's just one of those things. It's like I just have to go in there and turn it off. <laughs> but I had to clear the flag, and yeah. there, and the top of my page was an article about how people are making exclusive zoom hangouts that you have to pay to get in and they're themed and there's a bouncer what? who verifies that you are like who you you are who you say you are and that you're on theme i didn't get too into it literally hold on let me read to you this quote that i pulled because it was fucking ridiculous and amazing um, oh wow it says some it's a quote Someone has handed Zoom to us, and we're just playing around, observes one guest, dressed in a Santa hat, who claims to be the son of a pig farmer turned crypto investor. This is the cutting edge, and I'm confident it will bloom into something else. Um, so. I wish you could see my face react to I all of that. I know exactly <laughs> what face you're making. But my point is, it's like... <laughs> I was just about to have this like major breakthrough moment to discuss on here about how we're all equalized or all equals right now leveled um, because there is no exclusive. There's like nothing. You can't be exclusive right now except for your immediate network of people that you know. Like it's really hard to make like new connections in a way that I mean you could screenshot a fucking phone call or Zoom or FaceTime or whatever and be like look who I know or like mm-hmm. you know DMing mm-hmm. like the you know internet shit is still real and happening and you can still connect that way it's not like that's yeah. not that's not novel but no, it's not. um I think that that everything is a little less exclusive right now just because those plate spaces don't exist unless this like zoom hangout for pig farmers and Santa hats <laughs> I guess unless that becomes the new like guest list uh that I don't see it oddly specific I know I a, a pig farmer turned crypto inve- investor um but I think yeah I, I, my point was that you know prior to this time, People really were searching for uh, ways to prove that they are real and prove that they are important. And I think social media and the checkmark system is just one way to describe that kind of leverage and that being like a form of currency to validate your existence and prove that you are you know i don't think it means you're proving anything most of the time unless it's for like a business verification on instagram or whatever but that spills over into real life and people like really latch on to that verification um as like an actual like thing that's like not real like to like remove instagram from the equation and it's like or like any social media or whatever like just remove that that sentiment of like some random app that saying you are of the elite when that used to just be like for like celebrities on twitter like that was the point of that was because celebrities start i believe and someone correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure when twitter started blowing up celebrities were using it and they created the verification method to prove that these were actually people that they said they were um because that they were sounds notable. right to me yeah. yeah they were like notable figures and i feel like that happened in like 2009 definitely yeah i remember all that happening for sure i mean i don't i don't think you're off the mark with that assumption that used to just be as a way to to 
it was a marker that a notable figure was who they said they were because a lot of people wanted to talk to them. And now it's just like run rampant. <laughs> Anybody totally. can get one, I guess. Yeah. And I think, I think you're so right about just the state of affairs in the world and how everything's been kind of flipped on its head and this sort of verification and, and these these sort of social exclusive scenes or whatever, like the Zoom chat, that is so insane to me. Like I I can't even believe that. I don't I don't I, I haven't processed that yet and I probably won't process it for the rest of this conversation. It's going to keep like, happening though. People are going to keep looking for ways to uh, like elevate themselves because right now every a lot of people are uncomfortable with how equal we all are. And yeah. it's people that you're like why do you even care? It's not like a celebrity that's out here like well I need to elevate myself because now I'm suddenly equal with you I mean I'm sure some of them are but it's usually people who like have like some weird niche that they have become like you know they have celebrity in their niche and they need to make themselves like outside of that like bigger than that now that there's like no way to do it in real life there's no like exclusive vip area in covid except no. i guess the zoom chat with the pig farmer again but yeah i mean i honestly want to be in there i would love to do a zoom chat with a pig farmer in a santa hat but we can throw one i would abs well you know i'm like i'm gonna say it i'm pretty good at throwing a zoom hang but you are um not that good <laughs> Not yeah, that yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not that's a that whole, good. That's a whole other territory. My friends will, like, my family texts me on one chain. They're like, when's our next hang? And then my friends text me in another chat. Like, when's our next meeting? And then it's like, my other friends I've literally not had one with are like, I, I text them thinking like, oh, this is fun. I would like to try this with other people. But then I'm like, oh, shit. Now I'm not in a bad way, but now I'm like roped into doing these with, with people regularly. Right, like you don't need to be held accountable to a hundred different Zoom chats. But I do think, <laughs> I do think that it's crazy to think about the pig farmer cryptocurrency Zoom chat in the context of, <laughs> which maybe that's maybe that's my sentence no one has ever said before, and we can just tag that onto the end in our oh, games. But it's in the article, <laughs> so someone did say it. You're right, but I think. It, it takes me back to something that you and I were discussing earlier about how there's this, again, a gray area that is sort of uncharted territory as far as being a person and being a human versus being a, a part of an entity or a business or promoting some sort of social group or external thing that isn't you and who you are but you identify with so closely and you need verification from that and I think this pig farmer scenario anecdote is ties in perfectly because <laughs> does it <laughs> I don't know but we're gonna honestly. we're gonna go with it <laughs> but you know what I mean I think it I think it's crazy whenever you see people, um, yeah, just needing that adherence to something that is so, like, might just comes across so out, outlandish to the naked eye, like us with this 
with this situation we're talking about. But to them, it means so much and carries so much weight, and it's everything. It's just, it's like verification in a vacuum, kind of, where you're Definitely. in, you're in this scene, and it's so thick, and you can barely see beyond it. But it means everything to you, and having that acknowledgement within that world is you just you lose you're not able to decipher anything beyond that that is of the most importance and I think I think it's it is in, totally interesting like you were saying about thinking how verification and in a digital social media sense with the blue check mark which we all know and serves a variety of different purposes now um, how that has evolved and how that Again, that it, I think that's a really significant example in microcosm, again, of something that has bled over into society and social communities at large, and people see how, how social behavior is conducted online, and it, it translates in weird ways and just people people sort of adhere to that especially whenever you think about this influencer culture and people who are verified I say in air quotes that aren't you don't really know why because they're not like that major celebrity that we're talking about from 2009 that that need verification to maintain their privacy but now it's now it's the opposite where people want to completely expose their privacy for the sake of being verified. So it's just completely taken a, a, such a sharp turn. And it's it's pretty fascinating when you think of it in those terms that it it was initially conceived to preserve something and now it's just full exposure. Yeah, and I think to to see it from a different side, I think that it's okay to it's okay to look for people that are like-minded to you and it's okay to want to conform to a scene because that again we talked about this last time is like human nature to want to fit in you know when you're a human being you you shouldn't feel like you're modifying yourself you shouldn't feel exploited and you also feel like you shouldn't feel like you're modifying yourself per an environment you want to fit into it should just fit like you should just fit in to something and not have to like completely lose parts of yourself or censor yourself in order to maintain a status there and I think a lot of the time and I've personally felt this in the past whenever that's happening you don't always feel it right away it kind of is like a slow right. burn yeah. where you see something that kind of intoxicates you and you kind of feel like, oh, I I admire this culture and this scene and I, I just want to test it out. And you and you like it goes back to that like high school feeling of like you want to fit in. Yeah. So you like start slowly hot, like trying to figure out what what works here and what doesn't. And I guess it, it's. It's never a good feeling to lose part of yourself, especially usually when it's happening, you don't realize it at first. You're, you're kind of yeah. like slowly chipping away at, at things that you would normally do or say in order not to 
be ostracized from a group that you want to fit into and in order for them to like validate or verify your, your existence like that proof again like you want them to verify you maybe right. it's not a blue check mark that's bringing you in but then that is the other side of it too it's like people who already have that stupid blue check mark or whatever not stupid i want one for the podcast but you know what i mean (laughs) this is a business so i don't really see it the same way because it's something it's an entity that we would want to discern is real right um and a valid place for people to go to look for things but i don't think that the average joe schmo needs needs like a label over their head that says i'm a i'm a real person like what? Like why? What? Are, who's looking at you and is like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like right. Like who? What kind of? What are you offering that you need to be verified? What is that? It, it like stumps me to think about honestly, <laughs> because it, I mean, especially, <laughs> especially as you talk about sort of in a in a social scenario of trying to of wanting to sort of dabble in something and just see see what it's all about and say like okay this this scene or these people are interesting to me at face value let me explore that and see what that might yield or bring me in my in my personal life or otherwise and i think um I think it has a lot to do with people and their different agendas and you, Mm -hmm. which obviously we'll talk about more later, but we, certain people just have different agendas and different things they're trying to get out of other people. And whenever those intentions are misaligned, it's hard, it's hard to see it at first because it's not it's not apparent immediately and it's one of those things where you get to a point where you kind of realize you're playing with fire a little bit but Mm -hmm. you're you you don't know how deep you are in it until it's too late and then you then you feel that burn strongly well I think a lot of the time people at that point I mean I've I've done that before with various people in my life and groups um over time where like you said you you like I like I mentioned you you start chipping away at yourself to kind of you know I'm imagining like a marble stat like a marble slab for yep, for creating a statue right mm-hmm. everyone is this like raw material when they're born and there's only so much you can chip away at it before it's like nothing uh, you know like you can you can fully form yourself after a period of time and then polish it finalize it whatever but once once you are who you are and and you see something else and you want to like fit a circle into a square there and you start etching away and trying to change the way you look or the way you talk or the things you like specifically or the things you don't like or the things you think are cool and then suddenly abandoning them because this group you want to fit into doesn't like them that's when you start playing with fire like you mentioned you're like okay like I really want to belong to this because for whatever reason it sucked you in it's that agenda thing of not realizing that misalignment and then after a while you've chipped away at yourself so much that even when you realize it's a disaster and you you can't get out of it as easily as you'd like you kind of lose you've lost at that point 
giant chunks of the person you were and it's hard to kind of turn around from there um not impossible it's just not easy it takes a lot of effort at that point to reassess and reevaluate and accept who you are and even read maybe rediscover i've come out of some pretty tough shit and it's taken me some time but i mean i've come out of it i i would absolutely say on the other side in a big way as somebody not different but more who i was from when i was younger like much more natural and true to the person i feel like i was before i was even before i was even in like high school i mean i feel much more connected to myself as a child in a good way and i I feel like children are so you know pure and honest and and um yeah, I, I, it takes time to come back from that shit. Like, if someone or a group or people or whatever it is, if they make you feel disconnected from yourself because you, they have this status and that you think you want and you lean into that to waiting, almost waiting for them to decide that you are a verified part of this, it's like, it, it ties into what we talked about last week. Like, it, it'll never happen. There's no, yeah. there's nothing there. There's no, the, the rules don't exist. So like trying to be verified by people who have an agenda or have a different, have a goal in mind that has nothing to do with you right. and, and they know you're susceptible to their power or whatever, th- like it's never, gonna, you're not going to win. There's no way. That's such an important point, I think, as far as the power involved and what sort of forces you're feeling. And you can typically feel that whenever Mm -hmm. someone is trying to exert a power over you and everything you were just saying was making me think about something I read recently uh, in a book called The Power of Ideals which I really liked a lot it talks a lot about moral agency and a lot of different leaders and how how they leaned into sort of taking the moral high road versus caving into the power plays like we're talking about and one of the things I took away from that book that was very interesting to me was a part that was talking about how people are producers and products of social forces. So we're we're all involved in in the in society in a very integral way and that's just the reality. We're all we all have these reciprocal influences that we're giving and taking and absorbing and projecting and I, it's obviously it, the way society works and the way socializing works and the way people interact with one another. And I think it's just so important to have that foundation that we talked about a lot last week as it pertains to what's cool in, in an abstract way of what is cool to you and what you feel aligned with internally and finding other people who are organically aligned with the things you are and trying to feed off of that energy between each other in a healthy way, as opposed to, again, like you were saying, this misalignment and trying to trying to take a juxtaposition that is clearly bad and dark and bringing you to a place that isn't you anymore and discarding that and just tr- realizing that you can create 
and manifest. And I know it sounds a little heady, and I don't mean like you can just close your eyes and say, like, bring <laughs> these people into my life. Obviously, that is not how it works. But that's part of how it works. I mean, I think so. Well, yeah, I think it, I mean, it that, goes like, back. Total, totality. It goes back somehow, to the reflection but... that we were talking about earlier yeah. around this low time and coronavirus universe. And I think this is such a great opportunity for people to get back to that and really spend time reflecting on what do I want to have around me and what kind of people do I want to have around me to support me on my just life, you know? Life is, like we talked about last week too, life is hard as two fairly privileged white women. It's still hard and it's hard for everyone regardless of, of the scenario. And I think we're all in this time realizing, oh yeah, it is really hard for everyone in different ways and people are coping in different ways, but there's a way to just acknowledge it and sit with it and decide okay I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna dive in and try and unpack this in a way that brings me to a a place that just feels better reconciled with with myself and and not avoidant of of different sort of people or places or things you got you got to you got to take the time for yourself to really understand what you are trying to do in your own life and what what brings you that purpose and where is that verification coming from that is pushing you along in a way that just makes makes you feel like your life is is aligned with yourself it's it's pretty abstract but it's also pretty simple I'm just thinking about something you said yesterday um, that people tend to try to use clout as like a social pass um, and they're not and and then they're not able to like they're you're not able to exempt yourself from human decency just because you in your head have clout and I I was thinking about this as you were talking about the alignment to yourself and trying to get back to who you are and in this time of people trying to you know I have connected with more people during this time that I haven't like my family and for in particular I I don't live in the same state as my family none of them I think right like one of my cousins lives in the city totally (laughs) like yeah and like I see her fairly often when times are normal But, but for some reason and I mean because everyone's home I've been having these like nine to twelve person zoom family chats right um once a week to play games, which we could have done all along. But anyway, just a segue about how, you know, we're people are trying to connect with who they are and people who matter to them. But it's it's funny to think that in normal world, you know, pre-2020, um, people would try to exempt themselves from having, like, decency towards others because they thought they had clout. And it's right. like, that doesn't mean anything to, like, my dad. Right. <laughs> like, like your clout in whatever scene that you think matters like if you met my father and were like an asshole to him because of your clout he literally would just be like this idiot right like, like upsetting like a 65 year old man for your clout is like pretty pathetic but there are people who would do that and right. <laughs> i don't get it 
Right. Well, yeah, exactly. I know it, it's really remarkable. And I think I, I really like the term you and I kind of coined earlier as far as verification in a vacuum. And I think I think people really exist in these in these worlds that just inflate their sense of self in such a way that they for, they completely forget and lose sight of what is going on around them in the real world. They have yeah. no attachment. Like I, I was talking about how like I can enter a room with any person, any people, and I feel both of my feet on the ground the same way I would in any other room. And I'm very just like, okay with that. I'm okay with me. I'm okay with them. But a lot of people enter a room and they're like eight feet off the ground and have no grasp on reality. So like they're floating in just the ether and have no idea how to interact with people and just like act like total idiots. Like not to call anyone out, but you're acting like an idiot when you're like that. Like you're not cool. You seem like a jerk. It's not nice. (laughs) like it's not nice to do that like i'm not saying you have to be like cool with everyone or like for sure like be yourself if if yourself is that weird i mean (laughs) that's a shame but that's that's just that's so unnatural and just not even the case no one that is not anyone's self you know that's no it's all fabricated and i think that i got a little worried i was calling someone a jerk but calling anyone a jerk who acts like that but i think that i think it's okay to call that as it is like that's not who you are like you when you were born you did not walk off of the you know i don't know what the term is like the birthing area of the hospital you didn't walk out of your mom's vagina like (laughs) like asking like where's vip like you didn't (laughs) Like, you did not emerge on this earth too cool to scream your little baby head off. <laughs> you walked, you, you were pulled, likely dragged out <laughs> of a vagina or cut out from the abdomen or wherever they do the slice. Right, 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 right. And right. you were screaming your head off because you were, we're equals. We're all little monsters when we're born. <laughs> yeah. So don't act like this is like an unnatural state of being. It's not. It's weird. And all we want to do is get to know you. All anyone wants to do is just get to know everyone. Like, all we want to do is connect. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I mean, there's so much to say around that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, well, and I also, I was just, as I was finishing that sentence, it just hit me really quickly. I, I don't understand how people in that kind of energy space where they have this elevation on themselves, how do they interact with people at like the grocery store? Right. Like how do they talk to their doctor? Mm-hmm. Because you can't, you can't go in a room with your, you know, primary care doctor, like too cool for it. Totally. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you can't, you got, you <laughs> You got to level with those people and understand what's going on with your body. It's pretty important and critical, you know? Yeah. And that's, I, I guess my point of that is it's like you're not exempt from just like being a normal person just because you have like clout yeah. in one scene. Like who cares? <laughs> right. As you were saying, as you've been saying that, it makes me think about how, of course, it the responsibility falls on the individual to correct themselves whenever they're acting that way. But I also think about 
how there are so many social constructs that exist to perpetuate this where it's it's so it's such a riddle because where do you even begin with how how to address and how to correct this just gap in the matrix honestly where people just feel like they are entitled to this behavior and this treatment of other people based on this verification we're talking about. And I'm thinking specifically about um, women and how it's really hard for women to get verification in a specific way that men are endowed from birth because that's the way it's been for millennia. Men men are the kings and women are, are just exist at their disposal or have in the so past. So they Ob- think. <laughs> obviously, obviously the times are changing, which is great. But yeah. I think there are, and that's just one specific example, but there are so many constructs like that, even in entertainment and whatever else, every industry, there, there's this perpetual just stoking of this idea what, to create a hierarchy and to create this power and this implied power and give people this strange ability to dictate situations and manipulate situations that is inherently wrong. And I think it goes back to where we are now in the state of coronavirus and this equalization you were talking about and how people really are being brought face to face with that reality and having to decide, okay, how am I going to conduct myself in this this new leveled playing field where we're all just who we are and am I going to create the exclusive Zoom hangout for pig farmers or am I going to try and be around everyone and do what I can to feel immersed in a way that that is enriching and makes me feel like I'm getting back to myself, so... It's pretty complicated. I just, I still feel, I wonder what, what is it that draws people to wanting that, like, verify, verification? What, like, what, what draws people towards that? I think, I'm thinking of, like, the imposter syndrome that I have felt throughout my life. I think a lot of people, specifically women, tend to feel, um, whether that's in the workplace or personal life or their goals that they have that For sure. are external to career yeah um and no doubt you know, like you sent me that meme today that's like what's your dream job i do not dream of labor <laughs> like right. just as a little segue me neither girl <laughs> yeah um but but yeah i wanted to make it clear that your personal goals are separate from your career goals because that's something that we absolutely will talk about at some point but Imposter syndrome, I think, can kind of be like a bit of a fuel to that fire uh, for for the people who maybe set the tone of, of what veri- being verified in a space is. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's like a form of gaslighting in a way to continually like change the rules uh, when someone steps in um, and tries to assimilate kind of what you were talking about last week but yeah the the imposter syndrome is really tough to reconcile with yourself 
Um, and, and it's tiring to have to constantly remind yourself, like, no, I've done this for a really long time. Or yeah. no, like, like, I am good at this thing just because someone else is better at it than me or further along, in my opinion, both of those things. Like, uh, or maybe they're verified on Instagram in the space I want to be or whatever it may be. It, 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 the external factors don't, I don't determine your status of being a human like they they absolutely don't and I think imposter syndrome can be such an incredibly painful and difficult side effect of this culture we're in now of like totally okay so I you know I have less than a thousand followers on Instagram like how could anything I do be worthwhile if I if no one's fault if you know quote unquote no one meaning all of my friends and family are the only people following me, which they're to me, they're not no one, they're everything to me. But you know what I mean? Like, that's something I personally think about. I'm like, how am I, how could I possibly think I'm good at anything I'm doing with, like, photography, comedy, just to, like, make it personal about me to, sure. ver- like, to to validate this point. Like, I, I tend to get, not often, but I will think, like, well, why am I, why do I even bother? If I don't have any, like, any follower, like, any followers to the point of, like, other people in, in those creative field, Like, why am I trying? Like, what's the point? And then I'm like, no, wait, because I love it, and I make my circle of friends laugh, and I make myself laugh, and it brings me joy. That is why. Yeah. That is, that is why I'm doing it. And I don't, like, I don't have, like, a grand idea in mind like there are dreams I have obviously but I'm not doing it for that I'm every day is like a challenge for me personally and I hope people listening will also think about the challenges they have that maybe invoke imposter syndrome just remember you're doing those things because they anything you do should bring you joy that's the point it should be Something that brings joy to people around you. It should build a sense of community. It should make you feel whole. It should bring you closer to what you were saying earlier, like aligning within yourself. Um, And those external factors, all they do, if you look into them too deeply, is kind of complicate the the goals you have for yourself because they don't mean anything. Um, And I know, again, a lot of what we do in our business, the entertainment world, numbers, and, and all of that kind of, or king and right. manipulate uh manipulate validity in in spaces but like we talked about last week the grammys my god like yeah that's like an accolade of a lifetime for a musician and i'm not saying like if i suddenly wanted to do music and got good at it and was somehow nominated for a grammy that i would turn it down sure right <laughs> like, but but i don't think that there are in a, there are so many amazing artists and people in the world who don't have clout who don't have a check mark who don't have this like weird circle of people who somehow are considered like tastemakers mm-hmm. around them who are so valid and so important it's everyone because we're all equal we're all people so totally yeah i i was thinking very similarly to what you were as far as our discussion about the Grammys last week and just just how social parameters are truly made up. People make those things up <laughs> yeah, they're to not real. control a group. 
Yeah. You know, and whenever you're, it, obviously there's a game to be played and a business to be dealt and things that need to get done. And of course, especially as it pertains to entertainment. And like, you have to quantify those things. If you don't, you, there's no, it's not a business. Like no one can, no one can make money if we're not like setting some parameters. But like that's, we, we yeah, get that. Totally, we know that. But that, that <laughs> fully goes back to what we were talking about before as far as bit, People are not businesses. Yes. And Ugh, she's done goal- it, people. Full circle. <laughs> we love to bring it full circle here. She's done it. <laughs> it's You have to just take an inventory of what you value for yourself. Yourself being a, the person that you are. And yeah, maybe as a person, you do want a Grammy. And that's cool. And that's I watch great. the Grammys every year. And I love it. And I live tweet that shit. It is pure entertainment and great 100 percent. but it's also made it was made up by a person you know yeah and something else will be made up by another person so at some point that achieves a similar goal and on and on and on until the world ends people make up different constructs and different parameters like i was saying that help them control their environment and we're getting to a place now where that is just not feasible anymore. Yeah, I mean, TikTok, what the fuck? Like, that, I thought that was going to be a passing fad, and now I have to, like, quantify that for my job. I have to, like, look at that all the time. Yeah, and that's another <laughs> controlled environment because people yeah. are paying TikTok influencers to play their music or yep. use their sound bites or whatever it is. It's not real <laughs> everything is made up again yeah. you heard it here first on the ninth hold podcast everything is made up and i think i think that's going to be a big theme of what we talk about just throughout the course of all of this is how how do you as a person reconcile with this world that is so in your face and feels so real but it's not real it's it's created to make you feel like it's real yeah. by someone so they can I was going to say use you, but that feels a little bit strong. But I mean, America, I can only speak to American functions because I um, am American and I don't have visibility into other countries' functionalities. But this is a country built on capitalism. So absolutely, I, I think... I mean, this is capitalism, not built on. It is. This is cap. We are. We're living seeing in that. It. We're. I mean, we're seeing it as clear as day right now. Clear as day. The ninety nine percent props up this fucking country and don't ever think otherwise. Um, yeah. But my point with that is, the way that we use the internet, the way that we socialize with each other, it's. It is bred in us to try to make sense of that in a way that builds us up and that we can use and monetize because that is just we are beat over the head with money 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 so i don't think it's it's totally it's not totally off base for people to be seeking out ways to quantify and monetize things with like sure yeah with all these things like apps and stuff and and the grammys i would say are a great way for label major labels to facilitate where the money goes for them 
So I get it. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I get I get why these things exist and why everything kind of turns on its head after it, it has its moment and blows up and becomes like a rat race. Yeah. From the from a business perspective. But yeah, right. people aren't businesses. People human human beings capitalism has taken a real toll on us as people and we've kind of lost sight of the human versus the business and now everyone thinks they are a business yeah and it's really sick sometimes to see the way people who are just in the kindest way just normal people live in their lives trying to join in on that algorithm of being a business for for what and it's like you can just be a person who exists <laughs> like you you don't have to be validated in this space of also adding on like and now i want to be an influencer like enough <laughs> yeah amen it's true amen. It's, it's such a again a riddle like i was saying but i think it is worth taking the time to think about and really again observe and have a point of view and perspective on because it's not going anywhere obviously and I think everything's flattening and oh god flattening is such a good way to describe it yeah it's just like everything's being everything is everything everything is everything and as Ms. I believe Ms. Hill sings that right loudly I, yeah. I have to fact check that before I leave it in but I'm pretty <laughs> sure she's she has a song lyric that everything is everything but she meant it in a good way I believe if she I'm pretty sure she's <laughs> <laughs> let, me just look, let me just look right now. Yeah, uh, are you are our assistant this time around. I'm going to Google it. Lauren Hill, every... Yep, she said it. You remember that? I do. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to leave all of, all of this banter in then because I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> um, 19, no, but... 1999, May 4th, 1999 is when it came out. Like I was talking about earlier about that book I read, The Power of Ideals, which is by two Stanford professors, I believe. I need to fact check myself there, but it's been a minute since I read it. But I really like how they talk about just this moral disengagement and self-deception that people have towards themselves whenever they're in um, just like toxic, corrosive social environments and how they sort of dissociate ultimately whenever they're trying to attain this level of verification that is so nebulous but they just know that they want to be accepted and I was thinking about it and in the book it talks about the Stanford prison experiments and I don't know if you're familiar with that or not but basically there were these professors at Stanford who put together this experiment where students took on roles of prisoners and prison yes, guards. Yes, 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 yes. And the prison guards came into character so aggressively that they had to stop the experiment because the students who were given the role of prisoner were having these mental breakdowns and just terrible anxiety and everyone was just adapting to the role so closely that it, it got out of control and it basically proved that people subscribe to their environment in a way that can just manifest and develop in a way that that 
goes beyond control at a certain point and people just fully lean into this this orientation that isn't necessarily them but because there's this social pressure around them to behave in a certain way they they lose complete sight and bearings of what is read the reality we've been talking about throughout the course of this conversation and it makes me think about what is that line between wanting verification from somebody and wanting to subscribe wholly to something in a way that is almost cult-like where you can't even distinguish at a certain point am i am i opting into this or am i just in it and being continuing to be persuaded and manipulated in the direction that serves this group for someone or something that i don't even really understand anymore i don't know it doesn't it doesn't align with that sort of childlike pure self awareness that we were talking about before it it's it's about material gains or the power dynamic or something else that is just so beyond what what you can even understand at a certain point so I just think I think that's an interesting point as it pertains to this conversation too and why a lot of people do get so lost in it because it gets to a point where you are completely just untethered from yourself and you're a piece of something else that isn't good for you but you are afraid to admit that to yourself because you have given everything to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this ties in again another, like tying it all together back into what we were talking about earlier about how people can like lose themselves slowly where you don't even realize it. And that's like, that is like absolutely what happens from documentaries I've seen. That's yeah. what happens in cults. Like, yeah. it's, like, slowly this leader or group of leaders, like, s- like trickles in this, like, slow stream of information that manipulates people. And, and I don't think it's because they're, like, exceptionally intelligent always. I mean, they're definitely smart for having right. that power. But I think that it's more about the, the ability to manipulate others who are maybe just open to that kind of information and susceptible to be they're malleable they're they're just in like such a genuine way and yeah that all it's as I'm saying it it's like creepy to think about the times I've felt people manipulate me in the past and it's a very slow burn cult like leader initiation yeah where you're like you don't even realize that you're kind of stepping into something until you're like underwater and like don't even know what's going on anymore (laughs) and you're like wait and it takes someone who's so outside of it repeatedly telling you like you don't need this you're better than this you you are like a whole fully formed person like you don't see it after a while because you've just lost touch with that so yeah and it's, it's always it's always someone or a group of people who have an agenda that may it may not be targeted at you but it's definitely all about them um yeah and that is something to avoid (laughs) and that is something we'll talk about more next week yes we will we will reveal the name of that uh next week not now don't you could you could probably guess but (laughs) don't guess anything (laughs) 
Don't even, don't even, don't even guess. That's all I got to say. I think it's important to just define what verification is to you, just like you should define what cool is to you because it's up to you at the end of the day to decide what am I going to give myself to and what am I going to take for myself in, in that symbiotic nature we've been talking about a lot and that give and take economy that we've been talking about a lot and and that you are enough as you are if you are serving the things that make you feel whole like that is that is a great way I think from where I stand to verify yourself for sure you if you find what you love and pursue it in a way that fulfills you that that should be enough and if it's not then maybe like reassess why you're doing what you're doing i think fully fully agree okay great (laughs) all right i think i think we got all that that was a good one yeah and the baby has to be in a diaper in a diet no no diaper bottomless naked baby with a top hat flipping a cane maybe a monocle maybe it'll make it look like mr monopoly yeah great that sounds right or the or mr peanut oh my god mr peanut and mr monopoly because it's their baby because they're a gay couple i don't think anyone knows that um we're breaking it on this podcast it makes me think of the parks and rec episode where she marries the two boy penguins and the town gets so mad <laughs> yes. and wants her to resign <laughs> <laughs> it's the same exact thing mr peanut and yep. mr monopoly um, let's do the stats first i was right? just gonna say that let's oh my do the stats god first. all right so i have my silly one is new and my serious one is the other one and yours is the opposite right yeah, exactly. So I I had I had two serious ones last time, so now I just have the leftover of that. God. All right. All right, so we count down, right? Um, and then we say silly or serious. That's right. This was your game. Don't act. I know. Sorry. Serious. I was just I was just reading my stats again. I forgot my I forgot both of my Oh, I'm reading. Okay. Okay. Count it down. 3. <laughs> Wait, are you Okay, you ready? Yeah. Okay, three, two, one. Serious. Okay, this is gonna be somber. Oh God. Oh God. Well, my okay. All right. Well, my serious one has something that's kind of funny in it. So, but you go first. My serious stat was from the Drug Policy Alliance. And it told me that in the amount spent annually in the U.S. on the war on drugs is over $47 billion. $47 billion on drugs. On the war on drugs. The war on drugs. It's a yeah. very different expenditure. <laughs> I was about to be like, okay, so? <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's an insane... Uh, wait, for what country? All America? For America, $47 billion. So I was thinking about that as it pertains to um, coronavirus, and a lot of people are really concerned about prisoners and how different 
prisons are handling this outbreak and obviously there's not a lot that can be done in the current just um, climate of prison reform and all of all of those those sort of things and obviously I don't think that's at the top of Donald Trump's to-do list if I'm not mistaken and it's uh, just pretty it's close pre- to the bottom I'd say. yeah it's pretty it's pretty amazing to think that that much money is being spent on just persecuting people and keeping people um just marginalized via drugs you know which is is something that that can again be a bigger discussion and can there are ways to really open it up and and it's hard to think about in the macro sense but there are people whose lives are so just destroyed by by that and it's it's incredible that that much money is being spent in the united states on the war on drugs is what they're calling it too which is like pathetic really it should be it should be the aid of mental health <laughs> like right let's let's flip the switch on that tone because like drugs aren't the problem people they're the the byproduct of like a lot of people with a lot of issues for sure and i mean i think especially thinking back to what you were saying about just where we're at with the economy right now and it's it's this problem is beyond an economic issue obviously but when you think about the the job loss and people who are not making money right now and the fact that money is being put towards that instead of building a better society it's just so disheartening but that's my serious stat it's a great stat and i think 47 billion dollars on the war on drugs is pretty remarkable definitely what's yours oh boy uh, mine is also a piece of information that weighs heavily um, in our political conversations. And by ours, I mean Americans and the yeah. world. It should be the world, but uh, it's really our fault, I guess, that it's as leaders, as thought leaders in America, we think we think we are. Mm-hmm. Um, it's our fault. This one's kind of falling behind, but it has to do with the environment, which every time there's a debate on television, I am hot on the Twitter search watching people get pissed off how much we don't talk about it. But this stat is actually a from Europe. It's not American, but I'm sure, you know, the it has to do with the ocean. Uh, so every day, approximately 8 million pieces of plastic pollution find their way into our oceans. Every day. Every day. 8, eight million, million pieces of plastic pollution. Damn. So, I mean, it didn't say, like, the size of the pieces, but, I sure. mean, 8 million of anything is a lot. I mean. A day. A day. So, yeah, I mean, there's, like, Garbage Island and shit. There's, like, more than one, I'm pretty sure. But so this stat, which I thought at the time when I wrote this last week or whenever I – yeah, last week was pretty funny. So the website, don't – assistant, don't look it up, but it's sas.org.uk. What do you think SAS stands for? 
Because <laughs> it cracked me up at the time. But it's like a very, like, of course this is what it is. Um, Just guess any words. Sea Alliance. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, it's surfers against sewage. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I never would have guessed that. <laughs> so when I was looking this up, I, I found the stat and was like, oh, thank God I found one first. And then, because, you know, we don't know how to look up shit. It's hard. And I, as I was looking it up, I was like, why the hell... <laughs> what what is this website wow. um and forgive me for not digging in deeper to that website but i i, I for- don't forgive you okay. because i should have yeah i know you should have but <laughs> we can go into it later but yeah. anyway at the time when i was searching for stuff for some reason every search i put in brought up something nautical and i think my search started thinking i was like into like surfing or something right, and like i was getting like life. Yeah, I was, like, getting really <laughs> confused why suddenly all of my, res- the, like, information I was getting was all marine. And I, was, <laughs> and I was getting really freaked out, and so I, like, refreshed my history or something. So I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, what, am- what is happening? It was, like, really weird. Anyway, surface against sewage, 8 million pieces of plastic pollution. Uh, oh, and actually, interesting enough, interestingly enough, my cousin uh, works in sustainability. She's really smart. I asked her one day, what would be the first, if you were put in charge of the EPA, what's the first thing you would do? And she said, she sat on it for a second and she was like, I would get rid of, I would make cruises illegal and mm-hmm. I would limit the amount people could drive. And I thought that was really interesting because I, I mean, the second one, the latter of the two, the cars one, I was like, well, yeah. And like she said some stuff about plastic and of course styrofoam, I, all of that was kind of like, yeah, I could have guessed, but the cruise one really stuck, stuck out and she was just like, cruises are just really horrible in every possible way. I mean, and now, my God, with coronavirus, look at that. Now suddenly everyone's like, I hate cruises and it's like, yeah, good because they are bad. Sorry, right. cruise lines who are listening to this, because I know our biggest audience is cru- major cruise lines. We are not going to get a cruise cruise line endorsement. I don't want one. Um, <laughs> Me neither. I have seen too many, and by seen, I mean I have actively searched out videos of cruise ships and hurricanes because I'm oddly terrified Oof. and have yeah, to see it. Scary. Yeah, they look like little toys in a in a crazy bathtub, but. Um, yeah, I'll never be on a cruise ship. Never have been, never will be, especially now, knowing that, like... Yeah, seems like, seems like cruises might have seen their, seen their last days, hopefully. Yeah, it's, honestly, it should have been over with the Titanic, okay? God. We all saw that one from a mile away. The iceberg right ahead. Like, I'm good on boats, to be honest with you. Same. I don't need to be on one. Oh my god, no what an excessive indulgence like okay i get it i guess it's it's cool to glide across the water but also i'm good it was pretty amazing at the in the you know the days of like expeditions (laughs) (laughs) discovery and shit like the stuff that people endured to get across the ocean on a boat like blows my mind so 
fuck. We are not in the time of like boats anymore. <laughs> I don't. We are not. The only ferry I will allow is the fucking Staten Island ferry because it is actually <laughs> public transit. You can swipe on that with your metro card. Yeah. And that oh is not God. rough seas. It is you can swim across if you had to. Oof. Yeah. Boats. Okay. Well, yeah, that's that's a really interesting statistic. Thank you. We for learned sharing. so much. Yeah. I feel like I could repeat yours. So you need everyone needs to recycle. Recycle your plastic. So it doesn't end up in the ocean. Yeah, don't be a piece of shit. Basically. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do the word association game now. Okay. You go first this time. You read them to me first. Oh, shit, I only have four. Oh my god. Just the first word that comes to mind. Don't even think. Write it down. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, okay, I'm ready now. Um, go. Smoke. Machine. Future. Islands. Red. White. Zoom. Buh. Is that a word? <laughs> <laughs> Laugh. Police? What? <laughs> that was the last one I came up with on the spot. Laugh police. All Laugh right. Police. That better be the Zumba. One. <laughs> <laughs> I you said Zumba, I laughed and then I said laugh. That was pretty pretty good. And the reason I said police, my brain was like, my brain was like, if there was a podcast police, they would get mad at us every time we laughed. That's true. Good job. Thanks. I don't know if it's true or false, but they probably would. Okay, you ready? Yep. Spellbinding. Magic. Graduation. Cap. 17. Magazine. Garment. Pants. Pants? <laughs> I yep. always question you. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> it's funny to me. Um, amulet. What? <laughs> amulet. Amulet? No, I'm going to give you a new word. <laughs> um, Harry. Man. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So this is Say Something No One Has Ever Said Before, and Aubrey is going to go first. Something no one has ever said before is that Nick Carter is Comic Sans word art. <laughs> no one has ever said that. <laughs> I'm, like big, I'm big on the boy band, male pop star themed mm. statements for right now. It's just yeah, where yeah. my head's it's where my head's at based off of the conversations we have. Yeah. So here's the thing. If Nick Carter's Comic Sans, which arguably is the most popular font besides mm-hmm. Times New Roman, what's AJ? Yep. AJ is trebuchet. Okay, I was literally thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> Brian Brian is Calibri. Like, duh. Yeah. Kevin. Times New Roman. Sure. Did you have a different feeling? No, I didn't. I, I didn't land anywhere. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Howie is impact. I was going to say Howie is um, Ariel. Okay, it, both of those fonts to me are the same thing. So okay. they feel yeah, the okay. same way. That feels right. So now Howie just... can be like uh, alternating every other letter. Yes, exactly. Which I is love that. really bad. <laughs> I love that chaos. <laughs> it is chaos. <laughs> 
all all word art though, not just the font. One of I'm gonna how about this? One of them is an Australian accent, and one of them is a Long Island accent, and two different statements. Mm-hmm. And you pick which one. And I, I pick the accent. You pick the accent, and then that's the one I'll say. Yeah, I want you to do the Long Island accent. Okay, all right. Hold on, let me read it. Okay. Sharon, the appraisal process on your barnyard was absolutely chaotic, and I will not be doing it again. So. <laughs> so, so. The appraisal process on your barnyard was absolutely chaotic. I won't be doing it again. Yeah, Sharon. Um, Sharon, why does she have a barn? What's what's the what's the backstory? Instead of here, is Sharon <laughs> and her sister are sitting in their kitchen as Long Island moms do with their coffee at three p.m. for some reason because yep. mm-hmm. they have to stay awake to make dinner. That's the pick me up time. Mm-hmm. So Sharon, Sharon is like, I think I want to try to sell the barn again, and her mm. sister's like. We already did this two years ago, and then you mm-hmm. got way too attached to the sheep and the goats, <laughs> and you didn't want to sell them, and you didn't want to, you didn't, when the appraiser came, you lost your goddamn mind, and you chased him off the property. Oh my god. So that's the conversation that we're having. You chase him off the property, I'm not doing it again. Oh my god, that's so good. So that is the setup. Your Long Island <laughs> accent is too good it needs to be triggering like you need to be upset by the fact that that can happen it's only because you were born there like, i know you can't you can't make that up you sound so genuinely long island it it, it sends me it should send you it's wow the me. the barn appraisal yeah. yeah no one said that that's that's to Sharon that. and that it was to chaos Sharon. and I imagine this is my vision of Sharon is that she's like Long Island mom Sharon or whatever they have a barn and uh-huh. it's like a very large piece of property and they're like animals that they take care of she's like so set off by the appraiser when they come like she's like talking to her husband she's like all right bill i'm gonna do it this time bill I'm she's ab- just like panic stricken absolutely loses her mind she's like <laughs> bill's like all right, we're doing it this, like, he, I I called him in. I called him to come here. He's my neighbor. He's our neighbor's brother. You know him. It's Steve's brother. You have him come in here. You can't lose your shit again. Oh, my God. And she's God. like, I'm not. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to, this time's different. It's going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. She's like, I'm going to stay in the house. I'm going to go in the back room. I'm going to shut myself in there. I'm not even going to lose you. <laughs> and he can just tell us what it costs. He can put it up and say, I don't care. And he's like, all right. All right, he's here. He's coming up the driveway. And then uh, she sees him and she's like, she's like, get rid of him. <laughs> he has to leave right now. I, I'm keeping the farm. I'm keeping all the goats. We're keeping all the goats. All of them. We're keeping Stinky. We're keeping the little one. We're keeping them all. Get him away from me. He's not, he's not taking my barn. And he's just like, <laughs> and her husband is just like losing his mind. Um, oh so, my God. So every time I make up these sentences, it's like an entire like Narrative. universe exists. Yeah. I it. love it. It sounds it sounds like <laughs> autobiographical. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> because that because you tell it with such comfort and like you know it so well. I, I just imagine that that there must be some some version of your past that involved a Long Island barn that was appraised. No, not at all. It's the energy that I'm very familiar with. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for that. 
Yeah, no, thank you. So what our takeaway from this, I think, is that there is an amulet buried in the barn. And <laughs> she doesn't want anybody to know that, right? And Nick Carter actually designed the barn. He designed the barn. And the hairy man came to appraise oh, yeah. the barn. 100%. <laughs> you forgot that part. I forgot. It. Uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. That's just. It's and he crucial. took New Jersey Transit to get there. He did to his from his Zumba class. And he's wearing pants. <laughs> That's the garment he chose for the day, the pants. And it's it was so awkward because he pulled up and under his arm were his appraisal paperwork and also a Seventeen magazine and. <laughs> No one really knew what to say about that. So it was actually pretty great that her husband chased him off the property. That's right. And there you have it. That's and the that's end. our episode. <laughs> that's, that's the whole thing. All right.